Thanks, Christian. You are no Lindsay Buckingham, but that was pretty darn good. So we're in the middle of this sermon series that we uh, call Quantum Leap, or I, maybe I'm the only one who calls it Quantum Leap. And so the idea behind it was that um, we would uh, have this sermon series and we would solicit what you guys uh, wanted to hear about. And it was about being at a place, an event with, uh, with whoever the characters were in that place or event to be able to ask questions right in the moment as it's happening. You know, so last week you heard Ross talk about uh, Jesus and the woman at the well. To be right there at the moment, like, Jesus, what are you thinking? Like, we don't go through Samaria. We go around Samaria. And we don't go to this well. We go to the next well. Those kind of things. So a few weeks ago, uh, Ross and I were in here in the sanctuary, and we were shooting a video, and, and Ross uttered these words, am I my brother's keeper? And I was lost. Lost in that moment of hearing that phrase over and over and over again. Do any of you remember a show uh, on TV about inviting six historical figures to dinner? I think it was like on PBS. And they would dress in costume. I, I, I tried to look it up. I couldn't find it. And um, so they would sit down at a real dinner table, and they would be served real food, and they would eat, and they would have a conversation led by whoever the moderator was. There was a show that previously was like it. Um, uh, Steve Allen had a show. It was called Meeting of the Minds, where he would interview just one person on a, uh, 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 like a talk show, a chat show kind of format. Uh, for those of you who do not know who Steve Allen is, he was the very first host of The Tonight Show. Okay, you're all lost. Look it up. There's this thing called the interwet. It's, it's faint, newfangled. Steve, you should try it. So I was lost in this moment. Am I my brother's keeper? And I started thinking about Cain. Cain. And I thought about Cain because I'm lost, continually lost, in this Jewish midrash. Uh, Jewish midrash meaning like it is a way that rabbis uh, read in between the lines of the Bible to suss out more than what is there. And so there is this Jewish midrash that Cain, Cain's punishment, was that he was to never die. That he was to live forever on earth. And so Cain roams the earth today. And so I would want to go and meet Cain. If I could, I would meet him at my favorite Mexican food restaurant. Well, Sandy knows. When you grow up in El Paso, or a little bit here in Las Cruces, not so much here in Cruces, but in El Paso, like you have your favorite place for red enchiladas. And then you have your favorite place for green enchiladas. Well, my favorite place is this place called El Rincón de Cortez. It's on Sun Bowl Drive behind the stadium across the street from the softball stadium of the university there, you know, the University of Texas at El Paso. And, um, and so they serve this dish called machaca. Machaca is, you know, true machaca is where they take the, the brisket and they dry it. 
and then they take this dried brisket and then they wet it again with eggs and onions and all kinds of stuff mixed up in there and then this fantastic, great uh, green chili cheese sauce on top of it. It's just ugh, like really good machaca is really good. And so I'd want to share this favorite thing of mine with Kane over a ice cold beer, Mark, like really good ice cold beer and have a conversation of what it's like to have been alive all these years. So it's time for us. I invite all of you to put on your spiritual thinking caps and use your spiritual imaginations and go with me in this story of Cain. But let me read to you. Uh, well, I'm going to read to you from here. should have read it from the other way, but oh well. We're in uh, Genesis chapter 4. Verses 1 through 16. And I am reading from the complete Jewish Bible. So as it comes up here on the common English Bible, notice the differences. The man had sexual relations with Hava, his wife. She conceived, gave birth to Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from Adonai. In addition, she gave birth to his brother Hevel. Hevel kept sheep while Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought an offering to Adonai from the produce of his soil, and Hevel, too, brought from the firstborn of his sheep, including their fat. Adonai accepted Hevel and his offering, but did not accept Cain and his offering, and Cain was very angry, and his face fell. And Adonai said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why so downcast? If you are doing what is good, shouldn't you hold your head high? And if you don't do what is good, sin is crouching at the door. It wants you. But you can rule over it. Cain had words with Hevel, his brother. Then one time, when they were in the field, Cain turned on Hevel, his brother, and killed him. Adonai said to Cain, Where is Hevel, your brother? And he replied, I do not know. Am I my brother's guardian? And he said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. Now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood at your hands. When you farm, the ground will no longer yield its strength to you. You will be a fugitive, wandering the earth. Cain said to Adonai, My punishment is greater than I can bear. You are banning me today from the land and from your presence. I will be a fugitive wandering the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. And Adonai answered to him, Therefore, whoever kills Cain will receive vengeance sevenfold. And Adonai put a sign on Cain so that no one who found him would kill him. So Cain left the presence of Adonai and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Oh, there's so much in this story. So much meat on the bone. And yet there's a lot of empty holes that need to be filled. And a lot of questions that need to be answered. I could preach the obvious. Don't murder your brother or your sister. But I don't think that's what's going on here. I could preach something about first fruits and giving freely with all the love and your heart, soul, and mind to God. 
I could preach that you can't outdo God as Cain tries to do by asking the question, am I my brother's keeper? I could preach just about that. But I don't think that would be enough, y'all. So many holes, so many questions. I think that this is a story that we have lost the meaning to. Meaning that as the story has been passed down around the campfire again and again and again and again, and as other events took place, this story was too old and so forgotten. And then we've lost the true telling of the story and the true meaning of it as well. The truth is there, but what is the truth? What is it that God wants us to know? Before I share with you all what's going on in my spiritual thinking cap and share with you what I've dreamed up in my spiritual imagination, I need to let something to get something straight about this passage we are reading. And it freaks me out how timely it is. God does work in mysterious ways. As I look at that stained glass window at the back of the room of Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, that, that one right there, we just remember, we must remember that Jesus didn't look anything like that. That everyone in the Bible, that everyone in the Bible didn't look like that. That everyone in the Bible was and is a person of color. Jesus was a Jew from the Middle East, short, so that means that he could not play power forward for the Golden State Warriors. He had a ruddy complexion, so most definitely a man of color. And he didn't look like he could be on the cover of a romance novel or a model for a shampoo commercial. He looked like Cain, and Cain looked like him. And if you grew up the way I did, knowing what side of the tracks or the freeway was the right side and which was the wrong side, you might have heard that those on the other side had the mark of Cain. That because they were descendants of Cain, they were to be punished like Cain, to be banished like Cain. This is nothing but wrong. Wrong of us to think like that and wrong of us to act like that. Wrong of us to continue to think and act like that. Just because some preacher or preachers, some 400 to 160 to 60 years ago or so, who preached once, twice, or a few dozen times a sermon from the Bible doesn't make it right. The mark that God gave Cain was not the color of his skin. He was a person of color to begin with. The mark that God gave Cain was the mark of love. Put a pin in that. More on it later. Let's move forward by taking a look at the beginning. There is a thought that Cain and Abel were twins. Cain being the oldest. Civil rivalries are hard enough, though I'm too young to know. So Cain was destined to till the soil and Abel was destined to tend sheep. As we unpack the story, it comes time to make an offering unto the Lord, or as I like to call, to show generosity to God as he's been so generous with us. Using the perspective of civil rivalry, 
Cain feels that he has been shown up by Abel, whose gift is pleasing to God. Why did God favor Abel's gift over Cain? We don't know. This is one of those places where we've lost the true meaning of this story. But God calls Cain out on this, telling him to go back and try harder. Did Cain hold back the best and give the rest to God? We just don't know what happened. So meaning, did Cain hold back the first fruits for himself and then gave the rest to God, the leftovers? Meaning, moving forward, we do not know why Cain leads Abel out into the field. And um, in the Jewish Midrash, Tanhuma, Cain proposes a lopsided split of the world, including the spot where they made their offerings to God. The Midrash focuses on the word field. So in Genesis, it says, while they were in the field, and it says elsewhere, Zion shall be plowed as a field in Jeremiah 26, verse 18. The spot in the field that they're fighting over is the spot where the temple will eventually be built, the place where eventually the Romans will destroy and plow over. I get it. This is no ordinary argument. To some extent, it is for all the marbles in the world. Cain has committed two sins so far. He covets his brother's offering to God, the sin of envy and resentfulness, and then he goes on to kill Abel. And then he sins once more. The last sin is that he tries to out God, God, by lying to him. Am I my brother's keeper? Parents, think of a time when your kids try to out-parent a parent. He does this when he poses the question, am I my brother's keeper? Well, Cain, as a matter of fact, you are. As a matter of fact, we all are. Remember, y'all means all. So when Jesus said all, he meant y'all. So God lets Cain know that whatever he plants will not bear fruit, that his fields will be barren. And then he goes on to say that he will be a fugitive wandering the earth. Cain, thinking only about Cain, goes on to say that this punishment is too much to bear, that people will want to kill him for what he has done. And God says that he will mark him so that folks know not to kill him because their punishment for doing so will be even more severe. What does God mark him with? I've already shared with you that it is not the color of his skin unless it was to make it white. I don't think it was a horn, as some say, or the mark of the letter in the middle of his forehead. No, God marked Cain with his love. I, I, I pause here to say this, that when I'm driving down the road, I hear Jesus speak to me in the strangest ways. And on Friday, as I was leaving uh, Doc Brown's office, the world's greatest chiropractor, in my opinion, I heard U2's song, Magnificent. And in it is this line, only love, only love can leave such a mark. God marked Cain with his love. But only love 
Only love can heal such a scar. So it is in love that God can heal Cain. And Cain couldn't notice. He couldn't see it. He couldn't notice the glow of love that he gave off that others could see and feel. And it is in this moment that God decides to let Cain live forever. And Cain doesn't know it. In the moment where God asked Cain where his brother is, Cain could have fallen to his knees to confess, to let go of what was weighing his heart, his mind, and his soul down. But no, he lies to God, just as his father and mother did before him. The apple did not fall far from the tree. The generational thing of hiding from God. The generational thing of hiding from God. Cain's unwillingness to repent in this moment, his chance to be freed from sin, he is given the punishment to live forever, the chance in life to be able to eventually repent of his sins, to repent. So he is given life over and over and over again to figure out that it is in life that you find repentance. And off goes Cain to the land of Nod, the land of wandering. So it means to live in the land of Nod is to live a life of wandering. That's what Nod means. And so Cain wanders forever, still wandering today. As I just told you, when I drive, I hear my creator, my redeemer, and my sustainer talk to me in music. I li- I, the, the music I listen to. Sometimes it can be the most inappropriate song, but then it could be just that little zinger of a line. Three, four words that just stand out like crazy. So the other night, I was driving home. And I discovered or rediscovered Fleetwood Mac's Dreams. They've re-released the Rumors album, uh, Mark and Carolyn. Uh, Sandy, you guys should go and get it. So they've re-released it. And there's these uh, re-imagined songs from old that are redone again. And then there's a lot of really great uh, live versions, Angie. Like, it's really good. And so I'm listening to this dreams, but I'm not listening to the song Dreams that we are familiar with. I'm listening to Dreams Take Two, meaning it is the second take within the studio. It is only Stevie Nicks on vocals. It is uh, Christine McVie on an electric piano and Lindsey Buckingham on a guitar. It is gritty, Kathy, like really gritty. You can hear the tiredness in uh, Stevie's voice. You can hear that Lindsay is tired playing this song. And that, as Christine McVie says, you can hear the simplicity of just the three chords of the song over and over and over again. I'm driving down Sonoma Ranch, headed home, and instead of making the left turn to go home, I just keep going all the way out. You can drive Sonoma Ranch now, if you guys didn't know this, all the way back to a street called Arroyo, take a left, and it will take you to Red Hawk Golf Course. 
but I go in a big circle. Sonoma to Arroyo, Arroyo to Red Hawk, Red Hawk to Angler, back to Sonoma. I'm out there for like, I don't know, 30 minutes, maybe an hour. I've got this song on repeat. The window's down. I mean, I've got it blasting. I've got a great stereo in my new car, so I'm like really enjoying it. And I'm blasting the song over and over and over and over again. It's about five minutes and 28 seconds long. A little background. When this song was written and recorded, Mick Fleetwood is going through a divorce. Christine and John McVie are splitting up. And Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham are breaking up as well. It's deliberately simple, but it's really gritty. And as I put my spiritual thinking cap on and use my spiritual imagination, I can see Cain having some influence on this song. Was he a session musician, a roadie for the band? I can see him singing this song as a song of his experience. He has loved life for, like, like for real love. Like he's, like he's really loved every which way he could. He's loved women, he's loved men, he's loved them all. He has had hundreds and thousands of children, if not more. Millions and billions and trillions of friends. He has outlived them all. He's 27, maybe 30, always. He outlives everyone until he learns to love to love everyone the creator has made in his image, to try again, to be persistent, to have grit, to be able to truly repent. Yeah, I think Cain had a hand in writing this song, and in his head he sings it as if God is singing it to him. Now here you go again. You say you want your freedom. Well, who am I to keep you down? It's only right you should play the way you feel it. But listen carefully to the sound of your loneliness. Like a heartbeat drives you mad in the stillness of remembering what you had and what you lost and what you had and what you lost. Thunder only happens when it's raining. Players only love when they're playing. Say, women, they will come and they will go. When the rain washes you clean, you will know. You will know. And I think as Cain plays this song in his head, as he sings this song over and over again in his head, he edits this last verse and sings it this way instead. When the blood washes you clean, you'll know. You'll know. And it's right here in Cain's edit of the song. God let him live, to live every day as if he was Bill Murray in Groundhog Day. As a gift of grace, not as a punishment. He gives them he gives him the opportunity to see creation from the view of the creator's eyes, the heartbreak that life can bring 
but moreover, the joy, the contentment that life gives us again and again to practice resurrection over and over until he gets it right, until we get it right, to participate, really participate, to actively participate, knowing he's not going to get it perfect. And in doing this, he is redeemed by the Redeemer. And last, to live life of transformation and not one of transaction or tradition. Life as transformation. Transformation as life, as lived through the sustainer. Let me throw a curveball at y'all if I haven't done so already. The meaning of Cain's name comes from the Hebrew word kinah, which means jealous. Cain lives into his name, and his name foreshadows the story to begin with. The meaning of Abel's name in Hebrew is breath, vapor, sun. It is said that babies all over the world speak the same language, that, everybody's, that every baby says mama and dada. And as Ross teaches us again and again, that as a baby makes that sound, that gasp for its first breath, that is the name of God. Abel foreshadows the whole story. God will give us his son to die for our sins. So ponder that in the name of the creator, the redeemer, and the sustainer. Amen.